Hello everyone and welcome to GovGeeks Assemble. Level up your 9 to 5 on 95. I am Javier. And I am Karen. And together we are the GovGeeks. All right, welcome back. So we do GovGeeks Assemble every Thursday at six o'clock Eastern time. So focusing in on impact, not activity. Um, what does activity mean to you, Karen, when you see that on a resume? I think it just makes me think of a to-do list, really. Right. It's just like, well, this is what I did. You know, that's it. No nothing more to it, right? You <laughs> right. just, what did you do today? Well. I woke up, brushed my teeth, you know, like it, it doesn't really do much. Right. Where's where's the meaning behind all of that? What's the impact that's there? You know, I, I also think of it because um, it looks like a part order number where you look up something like on an auto supply website and it says, you know, does this thing fits that end of story? and there's, there's nothing that's there to it. And while hiring managers are selecting from different individuals that have made the certification list, they wanna choose the right person for the job. Not just like choosing a skill set or choosing another cog that is gonna fit yeah, into the bigger widget, machine. Right, I'm not there shopping for widgets, I'm shopping for value and impact and a mission. Exactly, yeah mission, not just another thing that's going to take up space in an organization. Really, it's all about how we are going to select an individual, how you are going to be the person that is going to be the change agent. I mean, at the end of the day, if a person is evaluating resumes and materials, shouldn't they be excited about your qualifications and excited that you potentially could work there with them? Right. Yeah, you want them to be excited and energized. And the way you do that is by how you present yourself in your resume. Right. If you just are doing widgets and this is what I did, you're gonna lose yeah. impact. You're gonna lose, lose their attention. And, and at the end of the day, if you're like looking at uh, a set of qualified individuals and you have like three or four of them and you see some of them, okay, yeah, they can do the job. They, they said they have the background and they've described everything that's there. But wouldn't they rather have the person that describes the impact? Because at the end of the day, it's just only one position that there needs to be uh, selected, right? Right. Because you could say, all right, I went in and I did some paperwork and, you know, finished out my job there. Or do you want someone that explains, I went in every day and I helped agents go to a door, knock it down and save a hostage. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's very glamorous. Right. But do you want to show the impact or just what the day to day tasks were? Yeah. And, and also, do you want to be excited about your own work that you're doing as well, that, you know, you're really doing something that is important, that you're making a difference? Or is it something where you just clock in and clock out? Uh, so if you're having a degree of empathy for the person making the hiring decision, you want them to see that, yes, this is the right person. This is the connection that, that needs to be there because this is the value in this partnership. It's not just about, oh, here's part order number 34362. Right. <laughs> All right. So we have some uh, three tips uh, talking about this one, how you can show impact rather than just showing activity. So the first one is highlight your results not the actions. 
again, results as opposed to actions. What do we mean by results? So think of it, we talk a lot about the, the STAR approach. Mm -hmm. So you have the situation, you have the task, you have the action, and you have the result. Or impact, if you want to think of it in that way. Sure. But the result is what happened as a result of your work. Yeah. What were we able to do? In the private sector, right, it's how much money did you make the organization, right? Or how many pieces of widgets did you sell? But in government, it's how did you impact the mission? And I think that's what many times, especially in interviews that I've been a part of, they lose that part of the answer. Yeah. It's, well, I, it was this situation and I was tasked with doing this and I did that. Okay. Yeah. I've done these things. Give me job. Job <laughs> has money. I like money. <laughs> I've done these things. Right. Yeah, it's, it's really, why is that such a, a big deal? Uh, I mean, allow the person who is evaluating your qualifications and reading your resume to get engaged and excited about the accomplishments that are there. Um, as they're seeing this, they want to be able to project into their organization or their environment. If they can see that you're able to do those sorts of things in their organization, that is really where the impact is. That's the connection point. It's not living it up to chance that you're assuming that just because that they've done it a thousand times in the past, that that then also means that they can do the work there. I mean, why, why leap to chance? Help them help you by describing it well enough. You know, one of the other things that I love about this idea highlighting the results is as you put yourself in this frame of reference, and you're writing this information and you're practicing writing and reading and even saying this information, that sounds like it's a fantastic point for your interview as well, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in the interview and someone says, tell me about the work that you've done. I process widgets. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or like the example that you were given, knocking down doors, saving hostages, making an impact, seeing that the work that you're doing has a direct result on an outcome that is of value to an organization or value to people, then yeah, that's, that's something to be excited about. Right, which that ties into our second point, which is think of the mission impact, which if you're doing a resume, you should know what job you're applying for and you wanna make sure that you're familiar with the organization's mission. If you're applying to an organization that you're not already a part of, but either way, understand the organization's mission, mm -hmm. their core values, their vision, so that when you speak to your examples, you tie that back in. Because at the end of the day, they're hiring for that mission. Mm -hmm. So you wanna make sure that you can show that what you can bring to the organization will ultimately help them to complete that mission. Yeah, th this is a shared and collective goal or objective. And the image that we just showed, there's a connection point from everyone that's involved directly to the outcome of the light bulb. The light bulb will only work when you have enough engagement and input from everyone that's involved from this varied skill set of highly qualified individuals. If you're not contributing towards that, that bigger end goal about the mission, then you're not allowing the mission to move forward for the organization to be accomplished. And 
I, I think the, the bigger thing about this is that when it's government, it's all about how that government agency or organization is providing value to the, the public. So if it's like a water services uh, organization and you need to make sure that the water is purified, the water is clean, the water is safe. Uh, we saw some documentaries not too long ago where they had public uh, works and public servants where they were working on machines to like pull out different items of debris and everything. As part of that process, what they are doing, the bigger result is that people have clean water. They have access to that water that allows them for, you know, healthcare and another really important things. It's not just like, yeah, you know, I push this button on the machine and that's it. My day is done. Right. And I think that's where you also need to understand the bigger picture, bigger picture, right? So not just what your job is and what your job accomplishes, but how does it tie in to the steps before that and after that? Yep. You know, once you understand the bigger picture and all the pieces that come together, then you can better better speak to what you have accomplished. Yeah. And, and you know, from, again, an empathetic perspective, if you're thinking about the hiring manager, the person that's in charge of the, the branch, the unit, the division, the office, et cetera, what they have is a bigger global perspective of things. They're able to see how one unit works with another one and you have a shared conclusion, a shared outcome as a result of that partnership. So if they can see that one person understands what that role is they're not just doing their little bit and who cares that little bit is an important ingredient in the overall functioning of the organization if they have that mindset then they're more than willing to work with their leadership to get the job done because it's not just about look my goal today is to stamp 34 pieces of mail <laughs> no it's like you're you're doing this in order to have a bigger goal or objective met keeping the mission in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Karen, uh, you have a lot of passion when it comes to the idea of public service and the idea of the mission. If a person is speaking with you during an interview and they're able to convey that passion about the mission that you connect with, what sort of impression does that leave with you? Uh, it resonates greatly because I know that they're not only going to be, like you said in the beginning, taking up space, mm -hmm. right? they have the drive and the initiative to be a part of the mission that I'm a part of. So we have that common goal and having that passion for the mission just goes a long way because there are some things that we may see as tedious, but they are required in order to get it to the next step. Mm -hmm. And then from there to the next until it finally gets to where it needs to be. And you, you just, it's a crucial part of it. And if you don't understand that larger impact that the entire mission has, then you might lose that drive within your own position. Right, you, you might lose that drive. And you know, I think also that concept of the drive that's connected there comes across in the resume and it comes across during the interview. So if you, in your example, felt a connection with the person then you're more likely to be more interested in that person. A hiring official that connects with a person is more likely willing to choose that person for the position or for the job. So if your resume is allowing you to talk about impact and mission and results in an organization in a way that helps them be more interested in you, I mean, really, isn't, isn't that what we're going for when we put in for a job? I mean, if you apply for the job, 
odds are you want to get selected for the job, right? Think. <laughs> you would think. So if your goal is to get the job or your goal is to be referred for selection for the job, do this as a method to increase your chances of actually getting the job. Yeah. yeah it seems like pretty logical thinking, I, I, would, I would like to say. I think so. It's just a matter of using that knowledge and applying it. Exactly. Using that knowledge and applying it. You know, Karen and I had done a, a lot of sessions where we're talking with uh, individuals who are interested in getting into government, thinking about how they can grow their careers in government. And sometimes they ask bigger questions like, you know, why am I not getting referred? Or why is it that I go on these interviews, but, you know, unfortunately, I'm not the one that's selected. Uh, and it happens to a lot of people. Uh, I mean, often enough, it's because they're not resonating well enough with the decision makers, with the hiring officials. And doing this is a great strategy to help you connect with them. Yeah, and it's also getting that feedback from the hiring manager. When you don't make, you know, or get that job or get the second call back or however you want to describe it. Mm -hmm. what, 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 what went wrong? Why were you not selected? Sometimes it's there's nothing else you could have done, but you never know. So ha having that feedback on how did you interview is crucial. And so if you can get that, that that's a win. It's, sure. Sometimes it's difficult. Absolutely. But if you have built a rapport with a person and you feel that you can reach out and ask, you know, I, I understand I didn't get the position, but can you let me know, you know, was it the interview? You know, was there something I did incorrectly? What feedback mm -hmm. can you provide so that I, I can improve? So if you have access to and you have a, a availability to have a conversation with the hiring manager, Absolutely. I think that's a great way to go about continuing to build a rapport, helping to establish whether or not you can improve in those areas as well. I mean, that feedback is, is super valuable. And, and I would also say that the interview is a relationship discussion as well. So if you get a good sense of how things are going and you're able to have it as a good conversation, it's not just like this one way, like I'm trying to have them select me but also that you would want to select them. So if the opportunity comes up and it ends up, you know, that you want this position, you're more than willing to take that position or that opportunity. So you can also try to get some feedback while you're in the interview from them to see how things are, are going, you know, asking open-ended questions in reply. So if they say, tell me a little bit about yourself or tell me about your experiences doing this or that, you give a good response, you demonstrate impact, and then from there, you can ask a follow-up uh, question. So how is it that this role would help move that uh, objective forward? Or how do you see the qualifications that I have being a value or benefit to the organization? Right, and you mentioned a good point and something that I look for many times in my interviews mm -hmm. is if they have quality questions to ask me at the end. Because typically at the end of an interview, the hiring manager will ask, do you have any questions for us? And sometimes you'll get somebody who says, nope, no questions. And so it's kind of, you know, not a good sign just because if you have a passion for this and you really want this position, now is your time to ask questions. So you could have questions and not how much is the pay or, you know, things like how many hours am I gonna get of leave? Not, not that kind of stuff. I'm talking about, you know, well, 
like you were saying, how do you see a person with my skill set being of value to right. your unit, your division, your organization, your team? You know, things like that. So you can kind of use questions to gauge the culture of the office. Absolutely. The leadership style of the team lead or whoever is leading that group. So things like that that you can do to ask those questions to see again not only are you a good fit for the position but is the culture a good fit for you absolutely is the culture a good fit for you and you know related to that one uh, i mean if you get asked the question that's like you know how do you work with customers or how do you work with challenging people or how do you find that you're able to you know get along with people during the workday and then you give a good response and then you could say why is that something that is important to you can you tell me a little bit about the culture that would make you feel that that is an important question to ask during an interview or you know you give the response and you say is that a, a reasonable reaction that you would expect and your organization to see or how would you like to see a person handle these types of environments or situations or how do you look at this environment or situation how do you do, uh, handle you know these issues as well so you can get a good sense of them as well um and, you know, it's funny because a lot of times uh, interviewers aren't expecting questions like that. <laughs> oh, of course not. And so when you're engaged, you're concerned, you're trying to demonstrate connection and value. And then at whatever they give us a response, if it's something that connects with you, then you can let them know that. I appreciate that that's the way that you would handle the situation. Uh, I've worked hard to try to develop this skill, that skill. Um, and I appreciate that you I've been able to do this. this. This sounds like it would be a great environment for me to explore that further or to learn more from you as to how you go about these accomplishments as well. Relationship building. Mm -hmm. It's not just like ask me 30 questions and then that's it. And I walk away and then hope that you feel good about me. I mean, you should you should have a good sense of when you're in the interview, when it's all done, be like, I feel it went well and here's why. Or I feel it went terribly and here's why. Yeah. At least you know. So that brings up our third point here. Um, what difference did you make? It's like that bigger question, so what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, it's great that uh, you know you did this type of work. So? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Karen, like, what do you think about a person when they're describing the difference that their work makes? It shows me that they've taken a lot of thought into what they do and have seen that bigger picture and have a connection to, again, we'll say it again, the mission. They understand that their part to play in the bigger picture is instrumental into the organization's goals. Yeah, I, I mean, having uh, a connection back to their shared goal or the objective, the mission. I, I mean, if you have a person that's sitting there talking through in their examples in a way that allows you a positive feeling knowing that yes this person is going to help us move our larger goal or our objective together if you're like at the epa for instance environmental protection agency and the interview is for like the office of water or the office of air the examples should be a way that demonstrate that you actually care about that missionary or about that work because you're spending you know, so many hours uh, out of your life pushing that mission forward. 
So you want to know that a person is going to be there to help you accomplish that goal or the objective to actually get the stuff done rather than having someone that's just going to be there to, you know, be a hindrance to your accomplishments uh, instead. I mean, that that's a little, a little crazy. <laughs> right. And what about the, you know, um, office of wind and fire? Where are they at? <laughs> I love it. Earth, wind and fire. Oh, you're so clever. <laughs> <laughs> So those are three solid tips, I would think, um, to make an impact rather than just describe activity. You're really showing the connection point. So the first one, again, is highlight your results, not simply the actions. It's all about what came about as a result of this, not what did you do and just leaving it there. It's almost like you're reading a fantastic novel or book and then you stop at the very uh, second to last chapter. And right. you're like, oh, what happened? What happened? <laughs> was it good? Was it bad? Was it helpful? Was it effective? Mm -hmm. uh, the next is uh, think of the mission impact. And, and Karen, you have a, a lot of connection with the idea of the mission. So again, why is being mission focused so important? I mean, it really ties you to what you're doing and it makes you put in a strong value into what you go in every day to do, mm -hmm. no matter what it is. Having that connection to the mission gives you pride in going to work every day and doing what you do. That's awesome. And, and if we're talking about fulfillment, because that's really what the GovGeeks is all about. It's not just you get a job and that's great, but rather that you have fulfillment in your work and in what you're doing in public service. If you can feel pride in that mission and in what you do, that just means that you're that much more comfortable working on all of this stuff and if you are then that's something that a hiring manager is going to be interested in right and then you not only have that work that you do but a lot of times when you have that direct tie to the mission you often go above and beyond right which what hiring manager doesn't want somebody who goes above and beyond yeah exactly they totally want that and then also hiring managers are responsible for establishing a good culture in the organization and one of the biggest parts of that is their ability and their opportunity to choose who the individuals are that are going to be selected and go about bringing that culture forward. So if you have a person that loves the work, is excited about the activities, really cares about all of that, that's a person that's going to really establish some solid culture in an organization. You compare that with a person that, you know, I can be at one agency or the other agency. It doesn't matter. I'm going to collect a check either way. So. Eh, right. you know, that's not really good for the culture uh, of an organization. No. So then the third tip that we talked about was what difference did you make? Again, answering that bigger question of so what? I think of that song, uh, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Oh, right? yes. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I guess that's that's the bigger thing there. I mean, it's it's the difference. Uh, why is it that your work matters? If you could describe that you care about the work and the accomplishments that you've done, then that means that you care about what you are doing in the workplace. And that is a person that, again, a hiring manager is going to feel comfortable wanting to work with because they actually want to work on that stuff. I mean, if you think about it from their perspective, do you want to start working with someone where you send them an assignment or I need you to research this, I need you to look at that, and they're like, you know, fine, I'll look at it. Or 
That's not within my uh, job responsibilities. <laughs> that's right. That's not on my job responsibilities. Send it to someone else. That, that's not a person that a hiring manager is going to want to work with. Right. Besides, it's in as what other duties as assigned. Other duties as assigned. Exactly. Uh, that is something that is in all of our position descriptions. <laughs> Look it up. It is totally in there. Uh, okay, so we have a couple minutes left for our questions from the geekdom. Very excited about this one. Okay, Karen, so our first question is, my degree doesn't apply to this job. Do I still include it? Yes. Yes, I agree. Yes, if you can demonstrate that you have the education, that you have the training. I mean, it's not just about like getting that type of degree that's there, but mm -hmm. rather getting that, uh, going through the process of that. The studying, the writing, the, the evaluation, all of the follow through. Exactly. That demonstrates competence. So while the degree area might not necessarily be directly related, it's still good to include. I mean, my area when I went to school was a lot of communications, a lot of writing, a lot of political science. Uh, and I found so much growth opportunities in the field of government finance. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> exactly right. So, I mean, don't limit your opportunities by taking away something. Make sure that it's a value add and that you're in it, adding it there as well. Yeah, I think that's the key of don't put yourself into this small little box, right? Because then you're just going to be stuck in that for your entire career. And you want to be able to expand and grow. Yeah. So don't like, limit yourself. I was able to use a lot of what I learned in all of my communication classes in finance. I had to give presentations. I had to write reports and summaries. I had to use a lot of relationship building. And those were topics that I had covered a whole lot during my, my training uh, for my university, both my undergraduate degree as well as my master's degree. And applying those to the field of finance is perfectly mm -hmm. applicable. So the second question is, how do I handle a gap in my employment history? Well, I think you want to make sure that you're at least explaining it because employers will look at it mm -hmm. and you can just mention, you know, I had to take some time off from work to get a degree maybe or whatever you were doing. You can simply mention that, but I wouldn't highlight it too much, but you want to at least account for the time that you maybe weren't working during that time, but just make sure that you have that rest of the quality in what you have in the resume. Of course. And you know, stuff happens. Uh, I mean, companies close, there could be a, a layoff. Uh, there could be other challenges that happen with a, an COVID, agency. Right? COVID, absolutely. And, and this is an entirely true thing. And so it's not like it's unique where, you know, there's going to be a gap there. Uh, but I would say also, is to describe the work that you were doing while you didn't have that employment at that time. So for instance, uh, if you happen to have, because COVID or other requirement that happened to popped up to separate you from your work or your responsibilities, uh, are you volunteering? Are there associations? Are you taking uh, training or courses or doing education? Think about things that are connected to your professional growth and development and what your enjoyment is as well. And honestly, even if it's just to spend more time with your family, uh, as something that's needed, you know, gosh, I mean, that, that, that's a great thing there uh, as well. So yeah, I work think life balance. work life balance, mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're being truthful, you're being honest and you're being engaged. What more can you ask from a person? Right. Just don't kind of try to ignore it and figure, oh, they're not going to notice that. Right. You know, but again, you don't want to write a whole thesis on, you know, a two year gap or something, but just a quick, you know, synopsis and account for that time. Exactly. 
So it looks like we're just at our time here today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Karen and I both appreciate your commitment to public service, your interest and engagement in this podcast and our show. Uh, again, we come out every Thursday at six o'clock Eastern time live on our Facebook channel. Uh, it is then presented on Monday for our YouTube viewers and listeners, as well as our uh, folks that are listening to this on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. Feel free to go to our website, thegovgeeks.com. Uh, you can sign up for uh, our GovGeekdom newsletter. If you have questions that you want to talk with uh, or through uh, talk through with us, <laughs> we're available, although oftentimes very tongue-tied. What was your degree again? <laughs> oh, communication, what? Uh, if you want to go to our website and look at our calendar as well, you can sign up for a free 30-minute session uh, to talk through your career growth, um, talk about resume reviews, or uh, send us your resume for comments and information there as well. Uh, we'd really like to, to hear from you. Uh, Karen, do you have any closing thoughts for our session today? Just make sure that you understand that hiring managers do not hire resumes, they hire people. So make sure you put your best foot forward and show them the person that you are. That's outstanding. We look forward to seeing you next week at six o'clock. Thank you again for your service. Thank you. Be safe.